Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Earglue Media Network. You pay money for this, sir? On purpose? Whoa. Come on, seriously, Zoe, what do you think? Honestly, sir, I think you got robbed. Robbed? What? What do you mean? It's a piece of Feu. Feu. Uh, okay, she won't be winning any beauty contests anytime soon, but she is solid. Ship like this, be with you to the day you die. Because it's a death trap. That's not... You are very much lacking in imagination. I imagine that's so, sir. Come on, you haven't even seen most of it. Let me show you the rest. And, and try to see past what she is and onto what she can be. What's that, sir? Freedom is what? I meant what's that. Oh, yeah, just step around that. I think something must have been living in here. I tell you, Zoe, we get a mechanic, get her up and running again, hire a good pilot, maybe a cook. Live like real people. Small crew. They must feel the need to be free, take jobs as they come. They never have to be under the heel of nobody ever again. No matter how long the arm of the Alliance might get, we'll just get ourselves a little further. Get her running again. Yeah. So not running now. Not so much. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason, and with me again this week is James and Rob. Say hi, James and Rob. Hi, James and Rob. Hi, James and Rob. Every week you guys do exactly as I ask, and I love it. Thank you. Almost in unison. We need to work on that a little bit. Yeah, you really do. uh, You're very welcome, sir. Is there anything else I can do for you? Uh, There's tons you can do for me, but we'll discuss that after the show. It's a totally different show. <laughs> Saddest after dark. And this Creepy. week we are going We're- to continue our coverage of Firefly Season 1 with Episodes 8 and 9. That's Out of Gas and Ariel for those playing the home game. Uh, but first, what has everybody been doing this week? Uh, let's see. I went to sleep and then I woke back up. And uh, then I went to sleep again, and now I'm recording. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Because <laughs> it's only been two days. Yeah. We're thanks. in the future again. Thanks We're for in the uh, future. Yeah. Thanks, oh, that's for, right. uh, thanks for letting everybody know how the sausage is made, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know how the sausage is made. You just told them. No. Well, that's not, how sa- that's not how Rob makes his sausage. I don't want to normally, know how Rob makes normally his sausage. Normally, I add... I add a little bit of quabble in there. Oh, God. <laughs> he got it in. I love he it. got it in. Yes. What an ass. All right. Who's got news this week? Wait, you don't want well, to know how my week was? No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, not, he I'm not going down that road. Rob's already ruined it for everyone. So I how, had a cigar. Was, you did? Delicious. I what, did. I know. Have? Shocking. I had a, a, a commie stick, a part, I guess, uh, uh, Corona Senior, I think. It was very good. Senor. I don't know. I can't pronounce these Spanish words. I can barely pronounce English words. Does it have the little squiggly above the N? No. Okay. No. Well, it does. Yeah, it doesn't on the app that I use to track what I have. And to be honest, some of these. So some of these cigars I got like as gifts for my birthday and stuff from the, the club that I'm in. And so uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I, I don't know. 
I'm not 100% sure which Partagas it was uh, or Partagas. I don't even know how you pronounce that, but it's, it was very good. Uh, it was very delicious and I needed it today. And so uh, I am uh, good to go for this episode. Sounds good. Well, so yeah, if it didn't have the little squiggly on top, the Inya, then it's probably not a senor. It might be a senor, but I don't know. I don't You're know what. Senor. Yeah, gotcha. How was your uh, uh, week, uh, Jason? It was great up until I started hitting record. Uh, there's <laughs> all the your downfall. Every yeah. All the quabbles. All the quabbles. I got your quabble hanging still. Yeah. All right, Rob. What do you got for news? Well, um, since James told us that we're in the future again, um, I saw Spider-Man Far From Home. It was pretty good. <laughs> How far into the future have you gone? I, I don't know. I think we've totally screwed up all the timelines. So, yeah, there's no telling. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, you know, and I know that you were lying to me when you said everybody died in Avengers Endgame because I actually haven't seen that yet. Uh, because I saw Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home, wait, and wait, wait, wait. he's alive. Why would you go in the future and not watch Avengers Endgame? Dude. Since it's, it's released in the past at this point. It's a it's a paradox, man. Um, You're a paradox. I. That's what my mom said. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, James, what news you got this week? Uh, God. Uh, apparently, there's a movie that stars Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. That is Damn, so terrible. Spider-Man all over the place, aren't we? So, so there's terrible. Like a, there's like a Jedi Spider-Man crossover? Yeah, uh-huh. and it's so bad they're not releasing it. Uh, there's a ton of reshoots going on. The, the name of the uh, movie, or at least the, what it's called right now, is called Chaos Walking. Uh, and it is a... here. <laughs> I'm going like to pull this... <laughs> right, yeah, it sounds terrible. The storyline is set in a dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise with a capital N. Uh, this movie's so terrible that they're not releasing it. Like, there's a ton of reshoots on it. It was supposed to be, according to this article, uh, which I'm guessing will be in the show notes, it was, it was going to be a trilogy, and now they're like, no, nah, we might just... Kind of shelf it, not release what we got. <laughs> Straight to DVD. I don't even think it's going to go to DVD. Like, look, so we were talking about this beforehand. Like, Tom Holland as Peter Parker is brilliant. Tom Holland is anything else? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Daisy Ridley is what Ray is. Mm, yeah. Daisy Ridley is anything else is double. Mm, yeah. So yeah. I'm not 100% shocked that this movie sucks. I can't. I can't think of anything that I've seen Tom Holland in other than Spider-Man. He he did do a really kick-ass uh, uh, cross-dressing lip-sync thing on some lip, uh, lip-sync yeah, show. Yeah, lip-sync battle. Yeah, lip-sync yeah. battle, yeah. Okay, Whatever. well, but that's not a movie or, or a series that I'd, I would actually have seen something in. I've seen yeah, a I few know. of the lip-sync battle episodes, but that's just because I'm watching TV yeah, at some point, yeah. and it just happens to be on. Yeah. So I, it, maybe he should, you know, shoehorn this, the you know, that that uh, cross-dressing lip syncing into this movie. It'd probably be 10 times better. <laughs> God, that sounds but awful. Where would he, there's no ladies, so. I don't, no I don't understand clothing. if there's no ladies, how did Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley get there? I don't know. Maybe she's the I, last I, lady on earth. Well, that sounds like a horrible movie to begin with because it right. would just be tom holland being hey 
So can we procreate yet? Right. We Is it to time to procreate? Hey, I'll Daisy. Show you my spider suit, if you show can me we, oh, lightsaber. God, Rob, you took it to a level. <laughs> <laughs> you took it to a level. That's what I do. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so my news article. You got for any this news? Week. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Rob. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, hey. Anything I can do to segue into your stuff? Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a high school in New Jersey that's putting on a theatrical production of Alien, and apparently they have done a top notch uh, job of producing this this film. So much so that Sigourney Weaver herself came to congratulate the cast and crew. Um, and there's video out on the interwebs uh, about that. And uh, it's also embedded in the link that will be up on the show notes. It's, it's actually kind of a, a charming video. The, you know, the cast and crew of the, of the production freak out. Sigourney Weaver um, congratulates them. And there's a, there's a college for performing arts that's in New York that's offering uh, everybody on the cast and crew like a ten thousand dollars scholarship to go there. So um, it's it's kind of a an, an amazing feel good article for this week um, to kind of counterbalance the absolute trash that you guys put up. So uh, the, all of those will golden. be on the, all those will be on the show notes. You know, you're you just jealous that out. you didn't go see Spider Man Far From Home yet. I, I did not no. put trash up. Tom Holland and Daisy Daisy Ridley and whoever directed this thing put trash up. I am just, sir, I am reporting the facts. That's true. Right. He's just the trash man. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> picking up the trash and delivering it to other places. I've got, I've got a special delivery for you, Rob. I'll give it to you later. Ooh. Thank you. Sexy. Thank you, sir. Sexy All right. You two ready for the pod crawl? Sweet Let's Jesus. Let's do yes. it. <laughs> We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. On out of gas, Mal wakes up from a fitful nap, not feeling very well rested thanks to sleeping on the floor and getting gut shot. Earlier in the day the crew was celebrating Simon's birthday in the galley with what can only be described as the grossest birthday cake ever made. During the festivities, a piece of Serenity's engine blows up prompting Zoe to take a cat nap and causing a massive fire. Mal, a huge fan of the movie Backdraft, seizes the opportunity to recreate his favorite fire cyclone scene and opens the cargo bay doors to open space. This evacuates not only the fire, but a lot of the atmosphere on the ship. Without the engine providing life support and with the auxiliary life support down as well, the ship has just a few hours of breathable air left. Mal uses both subtle and not-so-subtle manipulation to get the crew in action to repair the ship, but without the proper parts it's dead in the water. As a Hail Mary, Mal sends everyone out in the shuttles to save their lives and possibly find help while he sticks around for some much-needed peace and quiet. A little while later, a scavenger ship picks up Serenity's distress call and proceeds to mount her. The captain promises a new part for the Serenity and Mal lets him on board with his crew where Captain Arsehole proceeds to shoot Mal and try to take his ship. Mal, having none of that shit, finds a stashed gun and reclaims his ship, ejecting Captain Arsehole and crew but getting the part he needs. After patching himself up with the help of an adrenaline shot Ayla Pulp Fiction, Mal manages to limp down to the engine room and install the new part. However, he doesn't quite make it to the shiny red button that will call the shuttles back before he collapses on the deck. 
Fortunately Zoe wakes up and insists that the shuttles head back where they find and revive Mal thanks to a very tasteful and artistic bodily fluid swap between Mal and Wash. The crew all come and wish Mal a speedy recovery, Mal takes another recovery nap and roll the Mal and Serenity love at first sight flashback credits. On Ariel, Jane insults Simon's cooking and River straight up cuts a bitch. Inara preps for her required annual poking and prodding session on the core planet Ariel while the rest of the crew anticipate a boring week stuck on the ship. However, Simon has an idea, what if they were to sneak into the local hospital and steal a bunch of medicine they could sell on the black market while also imaging River's brain meat to see why she's so batshit insane. Mal and crew come up with a solid plan that includes a lot of medical jargon with words they can barely pronounce, what could go wrong? Jane answers that question when he fucks things up by making a deal with the feds ahead of time to turn River and Simon in for a large reward. The plan backfires for Senior Douche Donut when the fed he made the deal with arrests him too and intends to keep the reward. River, Simon and Jane the dipshit are held and questioned while the men in blue gloves come to claim River. While waiting, Jane overpowers the guards and frees himself and the siblings just in time to hear the screams of the feds in the next room who were exposed to the men in blue gloves Ebola wand. A chase ensues where Jane and company run away while the two guys in suits keep up by casually walking and stopping to investigate everything they come across. Jane, River and Simon meet back up with Mal, Zoe and Wash and head back to Serenity unimpeded and the ship heads off planet. After everyone has left the cargo hold, Mal smells a rat and brains Jane with a wrench and locks him in the airlock with the hull door ajar. Mal and Jane have a heart-to-heart -heart where Mal, in no uncertain terms, tells Jane that he's to knock off his betrayal bullshit or else he can learn to breathe vacuum. Mal shuts the outer door, River draws pretty pictures and rolls Simon waking River up from her nightmare credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, did we get did we get somebody else to do the pod crawl? Like, she's British this week. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I have uh, yeah. I have several people that I can call to record the pod crawl. So, yeah, she's hot. You like can I her? Have her number? <laughs> oh yeah, I like that a lot. Um, again, another couple of episodes <laughs> that. Uh, well, Out of Gas didn't really move the ball that much in terms of overarching story arc, but Ariel certainly did. Um, Out of Gas yeah. seemed like one of those kind of get to know the the crew and the history behind them episodes. Uh, it was more of a character development flesh out type episode, and I think I think it was really needed. And I think we get a lot of um, good backstory and a lot of insight into you know, the characters and how they came on board of the, of the Firefly out of these two episodes. I think I like out of gas the best, even though it didn't really move the story forward. Yeah. There, there was a lot of tension in out of gas. Uh, and, and I like how they did the flashback scenes, but it, you're right. It is a lot of, um, this is how everybody came on the ship. This is how Mount got the ship at the very end. Uh, and, and I think you had even mentioned in, uh, at the end of serenity, the episode, the pilot episode where you kind of wanted that. Yes. You wanted a little bit more, uh, you know, backstory on these folks. And this gives it to you. And this aired, we talked about this again, cause I didn't know. I asked you guys, this aired, this was uh, the fifth episode that aired. So it kind of makes sense why they put it where they did. Cause like overall the way this was intended to be released, it's what the eighth episode. Right. So Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. just the flashbacks, it was the flash forwards too, because the very beginning of the episode, that's actually a flash forward. Uh you're 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 seeing um you're seeing Mal uh you know in the predicament that he's yeah, in. Yeah, unconscious on the deck, bleeding from his stomach after getting shot. 
um, after, you know, collapsing from reject or ejecting that, that rogue crew off of his ship. Um, and then they, they, they do a really good job of weaving together both the past, present and future and then finally culminating that to the the end of the episode. I thought I thought it was really well done. There was there was nothing really jarring and I think a lot of that had to do with uh the color palettes that they used um for for each different time period. So it was a, it was a much warmer kind of desaturated time uh palette uh for the past and it was a it was a colder kind of more stark palette for the future. Well, I think that also cool kind of worked for the tension too or right because it's dying the, yeah yeah the colder the colder palette makes you i mean it's blue and it's so you kind of get this feeling of of dread like something might actually happen to mal yeah and not only that but it was actually cold on the ship at that point because life support was gone that's right yep well no well yeah it was but i mean he did get in some new air so at that but you don't not you enough don't apparently that. yeah well, you don't find that out until later. He got enough air in to when 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 the new ship came in because he remember he breathed yeah, in deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I, I thought it was a very dark and emotional episode. Um, you, you know, it was it was a lot less tongue in cheek uh, yeah. than what some of the others are, um, but they were still able to bring that back with. Uh, different quotes from different people or, you know, different uh, 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 nuggets of humor from different people throughout the episode. So I thought well, that was kind of, yeah. The, yeah and I think and I got goes, a whole list of them. Yeah, well, and that goes to what we talked about last episode, which was, this isn't a comedy. This no. is a drama and it's not even a dramedy. It's a straight drama. And this, right. I, this episode, I think so far highlights that the best. Because there are elements of humor, and I think you need that when you have such a, a a tense episode like this. You have to cut that tension somewhat. Um, you know, otherwise you're going to drive the viewer insane. Like, just get to the who's going to die? Is somebody going to die? What's going on? Uh, and yeah. that humor breaks that up uh, very nicely. But yeah, I think this episode highlights that this is a drama. Yeah, and, first and foremost. And for most of the the series, the the cold opens that you've gotten have been lighter. Um, there's more levity in those cold opens. This had a very very dark and solemn opening, which was in stark contrast to what we've seen before. So yeah, I, I agree with Rob's assessment there. There wasn't quite as as much uh, levity in this this episode as we've seen in past. Um, yeah, there was there was five good quotes that uh, kind of brought the humor back. Right, if you were, uh, if you were uh, a little morbid on some of them, right, and in even even the moments of levity that that were there, those those lighter moments, like when uh, Kaylee brought out that fucking birthday cake that just looked like a giant <laughs> can of dog shit on a plate, um, and it kind of sounded like it was gonna taste like that too, uh, you know, immediately after the fucking ship blows up, so. You you get that that kind of that kind of lighter moment, and then immediately just pounded back down into this this conflict or or this this darker moment. Well, yeah, I mean it's interesting because the dichotomy between the cold open where it's you know Mal looks like he's going to die, and then you immediately when they come back from credits, 
uh, the opening credits, you see everyone's laughing. Right. Like everybody's laughing except Wash. And Wash is like, yeah, what's the joke? Yeah. Because like you had pointed out, I think at the, the very first episode, he's the audience. Right. So he doesn't get the joke. We don't get the joke. We just know that they're all laughing. And when was the last time this crew was ever laughing together? Like there's always something going on that causes them to not laugh. Well, and the so, crew laughed together when they thought Mal was a. Uh, oh well, a, a that's, they're laughing at Mal, not laughing with Mal. <laughs> right. So well, Mal was laughing. Thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, Mal did not think that was funny. Uh, so they're no, all no, laughing. No, no, Mal they're having, did. So they're, when, they're, when you he, see that you see that they're yeah. coming together as a family. They're coming together as a crew, uh, and then Wash is like, "Tell me the joke." Like what's up? And they're like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." it was he was just telling us something, you know, about being a priest or shepherd or whatever he is. Right. And then, you know, so then it turns to Simon, you tell us something. And that was just a ploy to get him to sit down so she could get the birthday cake. Cause everybody knows Simon's not funny. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. And then, time and, in medical and then just, school. yeah, the one Somebody time in medical bled. school <laughs> and then everything just goes to, goes to shit. And the whole episode, the, the comedy that happened, after that was all in flashbacks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Everything yep. in the present from that moment on was pretty, pretty dark and serious. Yeah. Well, no, there was, there was, yeah, okay. Until, until two, right uh, about the very end where it kind of lightened up a little bit once everybody realized that things were going to be okay. And, and uh, Mal was talking with Shepard and asking, hey, is everybody going to be here when I get back? And yeah, they were, they were like, yeah. Well, see, I, I thought there was a couple places where it was kind of funny, but that's if you have a morbid sense of humor, which uh, knowing yeah. what's what's ha knowing what's happening, you know, I thought it was like what. So, what, where did your morbid okay, sense so, of humor come into play? Because I want to so, hear this. So, okay, all right. So, so you got the you know the point where uh, Shepherd Book is um, reading the Bible and. And trying to come oh, to terms yeah. with everything, you know. Yeah. And River comes in in her small moment of clarity and is, you know, trying to con con uh, comfort him, you know, and says, you know, you're afraid that we're going to run out of air and die, but that won't happen, you know. And Book's like, oh, thanks, that's that's nice. You're trying to uh, trying to uh, right. uh, give me a pep talk, and then she says, we'll freeze to death first, right? And I I, <laughs> I found that kind of funny just because of it's. It's River. Yeah. You know? So she's just that that's that, that no was, nonsense. Yeah. Kind of her pragmatist had, way of, of yes. comforting Shep and it right, did the right. exact opposite. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you see Shepard's face and he's like, What the heck? <laughs> we'll you freeze know? to death first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the the other one that I thought was nice is you had Wash and you had Wash and uh Mal arguing on uh up on the uh bridge, you know, about you know, the communications array and everything like that. And so Jane comes running in and says, what do you think you're doing fighting at a time like this? And it's like, oh, nice. Jane Jane actually cares. Let's let's not fight at each other. We got things to do. And nope, nope, you're just using up all the air. Well, I mean, I didn't see that as, as kind of a lighter moment. I thought that was, you know, well, Jane, I, I thought Jane I was well, being yeah, a realist yeah. at that point. He was like, stop fighting. You're, you're using up more air than you need to. And we need all the air yeah. that we can get. I thought that was actually I saw it a, more as I was gonna say, I saw it more as Jane, um, 
being Jane and being out for himself, like Jane has been in all the previous episodes. It's just hammering in the fact that, you know, he doesn't care that you're fighting. He cares that you're using up all his air. Well, and that may be too. And I can, I can see that interpretation. Yeah. I think this episode, I found it a little funny, really helps flesh out some of the dynamic between Mal and the rest of the crew. Right. And, and how like he sees himself as captain. He is not their friend. He is captain. And he doesn't mind like being their friend, but when push comes to shove, like he's a captain. I like so with Wash, and he keeps telling him, You've got to go to the bridge, you've got to go to the bridge, you've got to go to the bridge. And he's like, My wife is dying. I'm not going anywhere. And Mal's like, mm, no, you're gonna go. Because if you, you don't, know. we're all gonna die. Yeah. Right. So he's trying to save everybody. So you see that di- dynamic there when when Jane is uh presumably uh, getting his stash of ears off the ship. And he's telling the captain all this stuff. And then they get to the end where normally you would say goodbye, good luck. He's like, well, and just moves on. <laughs> yeah. You're like, they know where they stand with each other. Well. To the point where where even he told Anari, he's like, do not let Jane take over. Yeah. Do not trust him. So. And how you know. he deals with Kaylee. Kaylee is is so morose at mm-hmm. having the, the engine yeah. blow up um, on her watch that she's, she's frozen. She can't do anything. And so Mal is having to deal with her trying to boost her confidence back up to get her back on the job of fixing the damn ship to get them limping along. So they, they survive. Um, and, and the way that he dealt with Mal, uh, with, uh, Kaylee and, uh, wash were just totally different ways of, of operating. So he threatened Wash. He basically shoved him up against the bulkhead and said, you will get on the bridge or I will kick the shit out of you and then drag you up to the bridge. And with Kaylee, he took a, a much more subtle and and softer approach because that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have worked with her. So he right. knows his crew very well. He knows how to get them motivated. I think it was tough for him to do that to Wash because I think he felt for wash and and seeing wash uh hurting uh seeing his wife on the table like that but he realized that if he didn't do that they were all fucked well i think it's more than that he felt it because wash loves his wife you know we, we can assume and so he loves her in a romantic way there's no doubt that mal loves zoe in a platonic way, yeah, almost yeah. like a, a, a brother. So it's the same. He's feeling the same thing as Wash, and he's got a job to do, and he's trying to get Wash to realize, look, man, you've got a job to do. do. We all do. We need to get this yeah. done or we're all going to die. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, So I really liked the flashback scenes. I liked them showing how each character came on the ship, um, especially the the Wash uh, when they when they recruited Wash, <laughs> oh, that fucking that porn stash, mustache. that oh porn God. stash was priceless. He I needs to grow it, it back. I love it. Man. He needs to yes. grow it back. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, not I, so. Maybe not so. Burt, Burt Reynolds thick though. <laughs> no, no, it's got to be the same. It's got to be so that perfect. porn stash. And bring yeah, like with the porn stash with the with, with the Hawaiian shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then Zoe's like, I just don't like him. I don't know why. I know. Is. I don't like it's, him. So it's because yeah. of that stash. <laughs> uh, it was, that was probably, there were two highlights of this episode for me because one is a quote that I, that we'll get to um, that I feel is like the greatest quote in the history of television history. 
and and then that mustache. Like those are the two highlights. Like I just want to throw all of my awards at that mustache. <laughs> That's all I want to do. It's so good. Um, I really liked how they showed Kaylee getting on the ship. So um, mm-hmm. I was I did I don't remember ever seeing this episode. So this must have been one of the episodes that I missed due to scheduling uh, snafus. Um, and so I was surprised to see that Kaylee was not the original mechanic of the Serenity, um, <laughs> <laughs> but she definitely has a, a an interesting bond with the Serenity <laughs> as probably being one of the first people to fuck on it <laughs> with the original in the mechanic. Room, nonetheless, yeah, in the engine room, hot. yeah, because <laughs> engines get her hot. Yep. Oh, it was so yes. great. But I I loved uh I loved the surfer dude mechanic that that was originally on the on the Serenity as the mechanic and no can and do, bro. Basically had absolutely no fucking idea bro. what he was doing. <laughs> no, but they called him a genius. Right. Yeah. They called him a mechanical genius. That was that was so odd when the actual mechanical genius came on afterward. And I love right. the look He's on like, his face when, when he realized that Mal was giving his job away. What do you need with two mechanics? That's a good question. Don't reckon I do. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, wonder what ever happened to that dude. I wonder if he's still acting somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think he is. Um, I didn't recognize him. I haven't seen him in a whole lot, but um, yeah, I think he's he's done a few things. Let's do a little research on the fly and find out. Do it. So that's Dax Griffin as Bester. Um, Dax. He is known for his role as Tim Truman on the NBC serial Sunset Beach from 1997 to 1999. This is all according to Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge. Um, He played assistant district attorney Justin McCoy on All My Children in 2003, so he was on a soap opera after this. He was on another soap opera, The Bold and the Beautiful, after that in 2006 and 2007. Um, He did some commercials, but his... Oh, he also was on Charmed, CSI, Drop Dead Diva. Uh, looks like he's just been in some some bit roles. So he's a he, he's in the trenches, right? As an actor, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, at least he's getting work, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but I, that look was priceless. Yeah, like that really look nice. should have won some sort of award. Right next to uh, the porn stash that Wash had. Um. So, what was your favorite flashback, Rob? Do you have one? Um. Uh, let's see. What do I have here? Oh, I kind of like the. Um, I kind of like the uh, meeting of Jane. Um, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought that yeah. was that was kind of a <laughs> that was a very funny. You know, we're, we've gotten to the 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 major serious stuff. You know, he. Uh, if I remember correctly, Mal had been shot, or you know, we saw up to that point. Um, and so so you're like, oh. You know, we kind of know what's going to happen, but we still don't know if he's going to make it. He's running out of air. Something's going on, you know, and then you have this, you know, oh, hey, here's Jane, you know. And then one of the other uh, humorous quotes in there was, which one do you think tracked us? The ugly one, sir. Can you be more specific? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're all (laughs) ugly. They're just all stupid and ugly. Um, But it, it, I think... I liked it because it showed 
it, it reconfirmed Jane's, uh, what motivates Jane, and that's money. Um, you know, he offered, well, okay, uh, let me take that back. Apparently, it's a uh, your own bed. Right, money and your own bunk. Jane. Yeah, money and your own bunk. Uh, motivate Jane. Uh, you know, and he didn't hesitate to switch sides. Well, kneecap somebody and switch sides. So I, I thought that was, that was my most, that was my most favorite. Um, all the other ones were pretty funny and pretty good. And, but I think this one was, went to show what, uh, reconfirm what Jane, what motivates Jane and, and how Jane works. I mean, we've seen it, but we never really saw it happen yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get to that in Ariel, you know, with the money, uh, you know, he sells them out for more money. But um, this is the first actual opportunity that we see it. We've seen, we've heard stories, but we've never actually seen it happen. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was real good at, at, uh, at showing how far he's willing to go and how far he did go, you know, for money. Yeah. And a bump. Yeah. And I think out of all of the flashbacks, this probably was the flashback that developed the character the least. Although you did get to see um, how he came aboard the ship, though you don't know the exact events that happened before uh, he and his old gang uh, had Zoe and Mal at at gunpoint. Um, But yeah, it it basically is confirming uh, exactly what the Jane character is, what he's about, and uh, what motivates him. So yeah, I agree. What was yours, James? Uh, Inara. I think the Inara flashback was my favorite. It showed that, like, the whole, the whole, even the flashback, that whole scene from start to finish with Inara that includes the flashback and and, and what he says, I think is my favorite of the whole episode. Um, He, uh, (laughs) like, she just doesn't take any shit from him. Right. At the beginning when, when, when they're, you know, negotiating for uh, the rights to the shuttle and the renting and the leasing or whatever it is. Uh, and she's like, no, you, 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 you want me. And he's like, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you want me on the ship? And she explains what she really meant. But like, he knew, like they both know, like there's that magnetism that they both have. They have such chemistry together uh, that they both knew what she meant and what she didn't mean, but she meant both. Oh yeah, um, she she has his number and figured out immediately. So yeah, yeah. So I I really like that. I like that uh, a lot. How she negotiated him down and gave him all the reasons she was going to come aboard. The very last thing she says to him is, "And that's the last time you'll ever call me whore." And he's like, "Nope, yep, yeah." yeah sure. <laughs> like he you just got agrees it. to it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we all know that he calls her whore every episode, right? So. Sometimes yeah, multiple whole, times. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, I think that shows a lot about uh, how they started and how they are, you know, how where they're at now, which they kind of started in the same place that they're at now, right? Like they haven't really moved. And that's, I think that goes to Mal, um, again, wanting to be the captain. I am the captain. And you can't fraternize with your crew when you're the captain. That's frowned upon and, and all of those things, even though he might want to. Um, but what he says to her as she's like, you know, this isn't the ancient sea. You don't have to go down to, with the ship. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody has to die alone. And he looks at her and goes, we all die alone. Right. Like that's, I mean, that's one of the most profound things. And it's my favorite quote from any television show ever. 
I mean, we all die alone. I mean, there's nothing more true than that. You can die alongside somebody, but we all die alone. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's one thing that you do all by yourself. Yeah, that's right. So I, I really like that quote. It really makes you think it's very, it's a profound quote that when you think about it, has a ton of meaning behind it. And I think it just adds to the gravitas of this, this episode. It's one of my favorite episodes uh, of Firefly. Yeah. I think one of my favorite quotes on the show was uh, when, <laughs> when Mal called Kaylee a prairie harpy. That is going to be in my lexicon <laughs> forever now. Prairie, prairie harpy. harpy. Yes. Rob, you have a new nickname. Prairie Harpy. What? Yeah. Rob Prairie Hoppy. Uh, Harpy. God, I can't even say it. Hoppy. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Let's not quabble about this. Oh, fuck both yeah. of you. <laughs> no, my, I think my favorite flashback was uh, the very, very last scene um, when Mal, when that, when the used ship salesman is trying to sell Mal on that, that yellow monstrosity that looked like a giant banana coming out of the ground. <laughs> um, and then Mal turns around and, and sees the firefly for the first time. You see it in the distance yeah. and it's, it's well-framed. And while I think the firefly is an ugly fucking ship, uh, the, the look on his face when he first sees it, I mean, you, it, he expresses the love at first sight emotion. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really powerful scene and, and it was really good to, to end the episode on. Well, isn't that the point of the firefly? Like not only is it, just not very uh, space worthy most of the time, but it's also just the ugliest fucking ship you've ever laid eyes yeah. on. But Mal absolutely loves this ship, and so does uh, Kaylee. Yeah, and you, you kind of I mean, wonder and- maybe. So Mal loves the ship so much. You think that would ever get in his way of, you know, feeling the same towards Anara? Could he split his his love between his ship and Anara? You know, I don't I don't know that he could. And then I think I mean, I don't want to I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but I think Mal's love for Firefly kind of morphs into the love like the loyalty that he has to his crew. And the love for the Firefly kind of morph into one, right? And it's just this, he loves them all equally. Like, you can't love another child more than another. I mean, I don't know. I only have one, and I assume my parents loved me the most. <laughs> but I guess I've heard that's a thing, that you're not supposed to love your children differently, but I'm guessing you do. Um, but, I, I mean, he, he kind of... More, it's more along of who you like the least or dislike the least. I love you all equally, but I hate all of you. So (laughs) I love you all equally, but you're an asshole and this one's not. So, yeah. But didn't he kind of make his decision when he sent Anara away and stayed on the ship by himself? Well, I, I don't think he, he didn't want his crew to die. Sure. Yeah. I think that's it. So it's not, it's, it's not like he just sent Anara away. I mean, he sent everyone away. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, and if you notice, he sent Anara with Jane because he knew Jane could pre- protect them Well, her it, if yeah. something that's happened. A, that's a fair point. I mean, Jane was saying he'd even told Anara, Jane will be great in a scrape, but don't let him, you know, 
you don't, don't trust him. Don't let him take over. But the thing is, is, and I think we're all kind of missing this is Zoe's asleep. She's in, she, she has been badly injured mm-hmm. and she's out. And the moment Zoe woke up, she's like, turn the fuck around. Because she would have never let Mal make that decision. Mal has a martyr complex. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I honestly think, right. think he does after, after the Valley of, uh, uh, the battle of Serenity Valley, he has this martyr complex where he's just like, everybody else needs to live. It doesn't matter if I die. Like it just doesn't like, I'll go down with the ship. I don't care. Uh, and so he wants to do that. And so he's like, yeah, we're not going to do it. No, we're turning around and we're turning around right now. So regardless, Mal would not have died, at least not at that moment. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think you're right. I know. All right. Put that, mark that down. Uh, that Jason said I'm right. You, you, uh, you come up man. with some decent nuggets every once in a while. I'm going to give you credit for it. Maybe you'll, you'll keep doing it. So <laughs> you, you I, I know you're trying to grow as a person. Nugget. So I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to encourage that. Thank you. I appreciate that. You get decent nuggets. I get nuggets. That's terrible. Hey, you'll take what you hurt. get and you'll like it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you'll like it. So right. before and, we move on. Yeah, I was going to say any final thoughts before we go to Ariel? Yeah, I well, I had I have one thing that uh and I I can see how they can work it, but my question is how do you run out of oxygen, okay? Uh and let me finish completely here. So how do you run out of oxygen? I mean, the... Well, I mean, there's a good answer the, for that, but keep going. Shut your face. Shut your face. Um, well, no, what I'm getting at is, okay, so I would think that the shuttles have some sort of oxygen-creating system because they're shuttles. They're life spaceships, support? too. But yes, they have some sort of life support, right? Um, so my thought process in this was, okay... If the shuttles have life support, open the doors to the shuttles, let the air into at least the cargo bay, seal off the cargo bay. You've got air there, um, but then you say, okay, fuel's an issue. Uh, grab some of the fuel from Serenity to keep it going. Okay, well, you so know? there might be a couple problems with this. First, he said that the, the shuttles were you know, a maximum occupancy of four people. So, and those shuttles are pretty small. Um, you, you can tell that by just the, the size of Anara's room. So, okay. four people are going to be in a pretty tight uh, area. So, those shuttles may have life support um, functionality. And they're short-range shuttles. So, we don't even know if they have true life support capabilities. They may just have so enough. Oxygen tanks. Yeah, they may just have enough oxygen okay. for, you know, an extended period of time, but not able to recycle that. But let's assume they do have life support. They've got enough life support to provide oxygen and and scrub the carbon dioxide from that small area. You open up those airlocks into the bigger ship, it's not going to be able to keep up, even with both shuttles going at the same time, even with that big cargo bay. Because I guarantee you both of those shuttles are going to be probably smaller in area than that entire cargo bay. So you're not only uh, scrubbing the air in both of the shuttles, but also the cargo bay. So you're, you're, you know, adding 66% uh, of the area to, to, uh, to those, that, that life support cycle. Now, is that 66% a hard number? Did you do the math? Yeah, I did the math. It's, yeah, it's, it's on the back of my hand and I'm going to show it to you really quick. The answer to that question is as simple as he even told them 
conserve your oxygen when yeah. they went out. So, so that's Im- not like yeah. these are like oxygen producing uh, mo- monsters. Yeah. So that implies that they've got a limited oxygen supply on the shuttles themselves. Okay. okay. And that's what I kind of figured, but that that's what popped up into my head is that, you know, there there's potentially ways around it. Maybe. 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 And then, okay, and then on top of that, you've got spacesuits. So yeah, they, no, they left him a spacesuit. Space yeah. They told yeah. him, like, he even yeah. said, I put, I gave you a spacesuit hanging up. He's like, I'm not going to use it. Just in case. Yeah. I'm oh, not using it. But you, oh, you, there's you an extra, figure, you know, couple hours of air in He that. doesn't want it. But, I mean, he's basically saying, I don't want it. I'll go down okay. with the ship. Like, that. He that was his intention. Even though he told them what he was staying for was to, if somebody hears the signal or whatever, like, that's what he was staying for. That's not why he was staying. He was going down with the ship because he's the captain, and that's what the captain does. Right. He is Captain Dummy. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, we've we've never said Mal's the smartest person of the crew. That's definitely oh, not Kaylee, true. He needed and we've we've never said that talk. that Mal is, you know, the most rational of the crew either. Because he's not. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he's very realistic and and uh very straightforward, but other times he misses shit that's straight in front of him, like when uh when he figured out that Anara kissed him or or when Anara got poisoned because she kissed somebody, he he assumed it was it was saffron instead of him. So, you know, he's he's not he he's clever, but he's not just the, the brightest bulb in the No, that's Zoe. That's Zoe's job. Like let's literally Zoe's job is to be the brains of the operation. Like he's he can come up with clever plans and and he knows like what needs to be done, but he's not so for I, a great example of this is when he's in an RS shuttle. And he's trying to do stuff, and she's like, just move. I'll do it. You were never really any good at this. So he can't fly the ship. I mean, that that's wash. He can't. He doesn't do trajectories and stuff like that. That's wash. But he's clever when it comes to, like, when they're arguing with he when he and Wash are arguing about boosting the signal. Right. And Wash is like, that's not going to do anything except this. This is, like, Wash had to think it out, out loud, to figure out why it was important for him to do what Mal was telling him to do. So he's clever when it comes to those kind of things. Like, again, he's the Captain Kirk. He'll find a way out of every situation. But most of the time, he just lucks his way out of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so he's uh, Zoe is by far the the analytical brains of the operation. Right. All right. So Ariel. Uh, Ariel was one of those episodes that really moved the story forward. We get to uh, see a little bit more of the men in blue gloves. Um, and apparently Simon cooks rice that smells like crotch. <sighs> crotch rice is good. You like crotch rice? <laughs> yep. It sounds Dude. like something you would cook like if you're like if you're a soldier in combat. Like how'd Dude, you cook that my, rice? I put it in my crotch and got <laughs> all warm and nice. <laughs> my my girlfriend's Asian. I've had crotch rice. Oh, oh that's gross. Yeah. No. no. Oh man. I meant like you said made bad batches of rice. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what all you we meant. Eat is rice. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, if I meant the other thing, I would have assinuated like fish tacos. Oh god. Oh my god. Why is it you're always just? Dis- you know what? I can't. 
I can't. Why people are going to stop listening to this show, Rob? I'm just trying to alienate as many people as I possibly can. I know. That is my job. And you're doing a great job. So Thank you. fantastic. This is the only reason why you bring me on here. Yeah, like, because oh, my viewership's yeah. getting too high. Yeah, let's let's, let's get Rob, Rob on come here. Back. Yeah. Bring yeah. Rob on. He'll piss somebody <laughs> off. Like we thought it was gonna be Crowley. No, no. it's Rob. <laughs> to lower oh, that expectation. Um <laughs> striving for mediocrity here on, on this podcast. Thank you very much. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so can we talk, can we talk about the yeah the, the so let, let's blue hands let, dude? let's yeah yeah let let's talk about the caper episode um with this was such a good caper episode it was it was it was a really well thought out plan um very well executed up until Jane fucked everything up so right and this was the doctor's plan this is what blew my mind like I've always thought like I'm a fairly intelligent guy I think sometimes like not always uh, but sometimes if yeah I know. <laughs> If I decided to go, like, break bad, right? Like, I think I'd be pretty good at it because I'm not an idiot. Like, only usually it's the idiots that try to do these capers. Simon, like, he, like, I think he proves my point. Like, if you're smart, like, and you decide to break bad, you can, you can do some really cool things. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, well, and it helps that he has a lot of inside knowledge into some of the processes of the hospital, um, where things are laid out, uh, how to get in, how to get out, uh, what they need. So yeah, th- his insider knowledge helped out a lot too. It was a, it was a solid plan. I think they could have probably done it, um, because they did have a, a, one or two minor hiccups that they, they were able to navigate around, but I think it could have gone on pretty yeah, much are- flawlessly if not for Jane and his greedy fucking nature. Yeah, their hiccups are all are all human related. I mean, it's it's that uh, that element that you you can't plan for. Yeah, like the doctor, you know, questioning yes. them and them knocking him out and putting him in the in the body box uh, before they they steal the medication. I thought that was uh, clever and a and a good way to remedy that situation. And really, that wouldn't. He was have... only there to for the for the key card. That's. Yeah, yeah. So it was fortunate that that they had him along as well. Well, I think this really this this episode like shows what the doctor's capable of when he's in his element. Like, so from the the planning, the whole thing, like he's put in a position at the beginning of the of the episode where like he knows River's becoming a problem because she cut Jane, probably because she had a vision that Jane's going to betray them and Jane should probably die. Or she's uh, so, just insane at that moment and wanted well, to cut it, him for insulting his food. But you know what? She six was out of red markers. <laughs> six of one, half a dozen to the other, whatever. Uh, and so he's put in this untenable position where he's either got to control her and she's going to be completely confined to one area for, and you know, that's not going to last. So he comes up with this plan and the plan is in his element and he knows what he's doing. And I think that shows. Uh, it shines through in the scene where he and River and, and um, Jane are are trying to get to the imaging room so he can take a look at her noggin. And that doctor's killing this guy. Right. And he's because he's an idiot doctor. And he goes over. He doesn't want to fix it. And Jane's like, you got to just let this go. Let this go. Let this go. Not only does he fix it. Remember, they're trying to keep a low profile. Not only does he, yeah, he fix it. He dresses down the, the doctor yeah, yeah. from being an idiot yeah it was like if 
Rob was a doctor, and then somebody who knew what they were doing came along and fixed it. Absolutely. It's like every episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and to be clear. <laughs> and to be clear, the whole reason that Simon uh, came up with this heist was so that he could scan River's brain and figure out what in the hell was going on so that he could possibly, you know, help her out of this. Um, and he and this did. was all a like, means to an end. Like, this really shows what River's going to be capable of later on. Like, this is huge foreshadowing. It's like, it's not that she can't feel anything. She feels everything. Right. All, every piece of, of information. And just think about that. That during your daily life, that you're inundated with, that your brain kind of filters out, Right. She gets it all. Well, yeah, and like it's it's every emotion. She has no way to segment her yeah her emotions into. She can't suppress any of her no, emotions. Every, She's feeling everything all at once, all the time. It all gets processed, like pro actively processed. Yeah, and that right? and that would be maddening to to feel, you know, every every single. Uh, emotional thought that comes across across your brain, as well as all the external stimuli. Um, yeah, that that would be maddening. You you would have no way of of dealing with all of that input and uh, all of those all of those feelings all at once. Yeah. So I I I really I like. I mean, you talk about character development. They immediately developed that character into and set her up. For everything she's going to become. So, what are you saying? I'm going to ignore that and pretend that he knows what I'm talking about because I know that he does. Uh, <laughs> I have sets, never seen this show. It sets her up to become like everything that we that we wanted, right? Like, because at this point, we, even if you're watching them in order, the way they were meant to be watched, you're still kind of confused on who river is and what she does. Yeah. All you know is that she's bat shit and crazy and she was super smart beforehand. Yeah. We haven't gotten like a lot of backstory on river. We still really don't know a lot about her character at this point. Right. And so this sets it up for what she's going to become. And, and so I, I really, I like that episode for this. I also like this episode for the, the guys with the blue hands. Cause are, are they blind? I feel like they're both blind. Well, they're they're blind and very non-committal. It seems. I mean, they they've this is this. It's got that that horror movie trope where uh, the people being chased are running flat out, and the people chasing them are just you know casually walking and, and chasing them, <laughs> but yet they seem to be able to keep up with them. And it, that that's one of the oh that infuriates me. <laughs> right, they can even stop well, and kill people. Right, right. They stop and 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 investigate and interrogate everybody. Um, while the other people are, are running away and, and well, widening that they mall gap. walk on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Um, so I love wait, the look. Wait, are you saying, are you saying that every horror film bad guy, Michael, Jason, all like they power walk on, on like the weekends? Is that what you're telling me? Well, yeah, they, they're really good at it. They keep their cardio up. And it's probably because uh, 
you know, maybe they've got a, a longer stride. Now um, all I have in my head is this vision <laughs> of Jason, Freddie, and and Michael Myers in a mall in on your like left. pink and blue tracksuits, power on walking left. through the fucking Perfect. mall. Perfect. I, uh, you know what, Rob? Uh, I take back every bad thing I said about you in the last three minutes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, thanks. You, you know, we got a great mall here in uh, in our. Oh area. my god! Now, no, no Grapevine Mills. It's a track. They're back. No, yeah. they're back. Track. You took it too far. Jeez. No. So I love the Do look that headbands? River gives Jane when he says, you know, uh, if you don't shut her up, I'll shut her up. And uh, she looks at him like, no, you're, you're not going to shut shit up. I will eat you if you try. Right? Yeah. Jane, uh, River is not threatened by Jane at all. And I think, <laughs> I think if Jane knew River's capabilities, he would probably be more afraid of her than he is the Reavers. So there's an there's an episode coming up, and I don't know what episode, but I just remember that she does something that shocks everybody, and it's again, it's kind of foreshadowing of what she can do the with all of her abilities. Last episode, and last episode of the series. There you go. So like, I can't wait to see because I don't remember Jane's reaction to that. All I remember is at that point there was a lot of conversation about whether or not they should be on the ship. Right. Like even more so than what has already happened. Um. Because what she does, she does it so nonchalantly. And it wasn't that she did anything bad. I mean, it, it, it's a callback to later. I can't wait to talk about it. But, uh, but yeah, like she could absolutely, if she wanted to. And that's what I was kind of waiting for. Because I, I remember like the overarching themes of these episodes. It's not like Star Trek Next Generation episodes where I go, oh, yeah, this happens. This happens. And he says this. And she says this. And I'm quoting law. I just remember like overarching themes and kind of like the narrative of what happens during this episode. So I was waiting for her to really go full on badass, but instead what I got was she's talking about Christmas lights and the Christmas tree being gone. And then everybody got coal in their stocking right. and she's laughing. And then I'm thinking that's what these guys got killed for. These guys got killed because she, they all overheard her talking about how Christmas got taken. Right. Yep. Like, it's so code. what is that? What does that even it's mean? It's code words. Code words. Well, I th yeah. So the, the men in blue gloves killed everybody because they, they talked to her and they weren't sure what they heard or what she might have said. So uh, this is apparently a, a super, super secret program that the Alliance has going. And if there's even the possibility that you may know anything about it, that you're you're fucked. You're you're going to be dead, um, which I think adds to the mystery of what exactly this this program is, and uh, we'll we'll find out what that mystery entails in the future. Uh, what I'm excited about is it looks like Simon's going to be able to come up with some sort of treatment, and and possibly uh, bring River back to lucidity. I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> I mean, lucidity is, I, I think that's a strong word. I think he certainly gets it, her under control. She's not cutting a bitch anymore, like the hot uh, English chick said at the beginning of the, uh, of the pod crawl. Um, so, uh, but I, I do think she's a little more under control. But if I remember right, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when we get to it, she hates, she hates the medication. Like most people hate antidepressants. No, I know, but I mean, toward if I'm remembering correctly, towards the end of the series, 
she actually started to become more cognizant and she was pretty much cognizant in Serenity, the movie. Uh, yeah, until, yeah, until the thing happened. But yeah, no, I, I think you might be right. You know who sh we should ask? Rob, when you went into the future, oh, did you yeah. watch yes, any yeah. of these episodes? Uh, well, no, I didn't want to spoil anything. I hate you, Rob. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so with that, does anybody have any final thoughts on Ariel before we get to awards? Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I had written down here that, uh, you know, this episode at the very end, because we didn't even talk about the end there, um, uh, it, it, it showed a very good indication of what kind of uh, person Mal is in that uh, he'll do anything for his crew, but he won't hesitate to punish you if you cross him or his or or his crew. Yeah. Well, he ex uh, he explains uh, and that. He explains that. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I mean, it, it just reaffirmed everything because you know you kind of had that uh, earlier in the season. You know, oh, we're gonna keep the f the Fed alive, uh, but now we can't. So I'm just gonna get rid of him because he's threatening my crew. You know that type of deal. So so you know it's just another. Uh, uh, reassurance that uh, you know he is in it to protect his crew. Even if you are a crew member, if you are causing issues, I will gut you. Well, and, well, and I, I think, think it goes a little I further than that. I think Mal is fed up with Jane's bullshit. I think he's yeah. given Jane yeah. a little leeway up until now, and this is this is starting to threaten not only you know. He himself, well, it's but it's not the it's, first time. It, yeah, it's not the first time. Uh, he's he's threatened. Not I mean, Mal's used to Jane threatening him, but uh, Jane at this point is is threatening other members of the crew. Um, yeah, he's he's fucked up beyond all recognition at this point, and Mal's sick of it. And Mal's basically laying down the law and saying, "I'm done, and you're gonna you're you're done with this bullshit, or I'm killing you." Well, so yeah, I think it, it also it, it goes to Mal understanding that it wasn't just an attack on the crew because at one point Jane even says it wasn't like I did this to you, I did this to them. Right. And he's like, No, you did this to me. You mess with my crew, you fuck with them, you fuck with me. Like you need to understand that. I don't think Mal cares that Jane wants to still come after Mal. I don't think he cares because I think he understands that's who Jane is, and that's who Jane's always going to be. He wants to be in charge because he wants to do things his way, but he's not smart enough to be in charge. So I don't think Mal's super threatened by that. But he's dangerous enough and smart enough to put others in danger. And that's when Mal really loses his shit. Yeah. Because it's like he said, you do that to them, you did it to me. You need to understand that. that in fact, he said, that is a fact. So he's trying to get Jane to understand that's a fact yeah. that it's not, it's not just wordplay. It is, I am them. They are me. If you want to be a part of this, you need to, you need to get the fucking line. Yeah. And I show, I, I think it shows how Mal is, uh, how Mal understands and knows his crew so well that he was able to figure out, yeah, Jane did this. This is, this has Jane's fingerprints all over it. And I'm going to call him out on this because yep. yeah, he, he had no, he had no reservations on uh, when he clocked Jane upside the head with a wrench that Jane was behind this entire debacle. So do you think he would have uh, spaced Jane 
if Jane didn't show any remorse. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, without a without a doubt. If there okay. wasn't so even you, a hint of contrition on Jane's part, yeah, he would he he would have been um, pushed through that tiny slot. <laughs> and and what changed it? The only thing that saved Jane was he not wanting to look bad to the rest of the crew in front of the in front of the rest of the crew. Yeah, and that showed Mal. Okay, you kind of get it. Like you kind of understand, and because of that, I'm gonna let you live. But you're gonna stay in there for a while. Right. Like I'm not letting you out, but uh, you can you can you can stay in there. I won't kill you. Well, he put him in the box, you know, solitary confinement for a little while. All right. Anything can I else? Come in yet? <laughs> anything else before we get to awards? Uh, no, uh, that was all I had. Perfect. Let's do awards. Rob, who's got your black lung? Oh, uh, my black lung goes to Serenity because she got blowed up really good and out of gas. Yep. Uh, there was soot everywhere. So, you know, she had a good smoker's lung going on. She did. She <laughs> did. James? Oh, my boy Jane gets this one in the flashback on Out of Gas. He is smoking a stogie. Yeah. My man, yeah, smoking is. a stogie. <laughs> yeah, I got excited for that. I was like, mm. What is that? I want to know what it was he was smoking because I, I follow uh, Baldwin on uh, on Twitter and every once in a while he'll be at the golf course and he'll be smoking a stogie and I always get super excited. I want to smoke a stogie with him. Well, maybe someday you'll get the opportunity. Who knows? It'd be amazing. That would we would be talk cool. Firefly the entire time. <laughs> um, so my black lung is going to go to the Serenity engine. Because it blowed up and and caused the the fire and the soot and the serenity, um, so the serenity engine is getting my black lung. Uh, my head lush is going to Kaylee because at the end of Out of Gas, when she comes in to see how Mal is doing, I swear to God, she looks like she's drunk. Just <laughs> and and it's it's not just this scene; it's several other scenes too. And I don't know if it's she's trying to portray her character as drunk half the time, or if that's just the way this actress acts, but half the time Kaylee looks like she's lit. She's just got this kind of droopy uh, eyelash or this, this droopy blink. And she's, she kind of slurs and draws her, her words. It's, she seems drunk half the time. So she's getting my head lush. Maybe that's, maybe that's her way of portraying sexiness and concern. Well, maybe, you know, but it looks drunk, so she's getting my head lush because I think she's drunk. <laughs> uh, James? Uh, I'm going to give mine to uh, River because when she woke up from being uh, uh, under, she thought she was fine. Like, and even Jane thought she was fine. And then she puked. She was so. puking. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, <laughs> I love whenever they were about to put her under. And, uh, and, and Simon, you know, explained the plan saying that, that Jane, Mal and Zoe were going to bring them back. And she looked, she looked at him. So <laughs> with such concern and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't trust my resuscitation to the three stooges either. So no, yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. Rob, who's got yours? Um, I went a little, uh, a little cryptic or vague. Um, I went with the victims of the blue gloves, um, Mostly because their brain had to have been, you know, mush or lushed out since they were bleeding out of every freaking hole they had. Um, 
I'm thinking that device just liquefies your brain. Okay. So, other than that, I didn't have anything. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> well, who's so got your player? Do you have a player? I pulled that one. Oh, hell yeah. My player goes to Kaylee because she got herself a quick shag and a job all on the yeah, same day. Yeah. <laughs> that was my runner-up. Yeah. Yeah, that's my runner up too. I almost thought about that, but no, I went with uh, I went with Wash's mustache. <laughs> His mustache. Jeez. <laughs> Not really Wash, but that stash, man. Bounce wow wow. Yeah. Like that is yeah, for sure. Yeah, you definitely had the porn music playing in the background with that porn stash. Yeah. So my player award is actually gonna go to Wash because I'm not sure what he did. But Zoe did not like him at all when she uh, met him, and they ended up getting married. So he must he, he's he's got to have a dick that like spits rainbows or something. I don't know. What spits rainbows? I love it. Wow, that's you know what his dick gets my purple hippo award for spitting rainbows. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Rob, who's got your purple hippo? Um, I went with River uh, just because she thinks uh, Jane looked better in red. So her solution to, you know, instead of changing the shirt is to gut him like a pig. Okay. Uh, my purple hippo is going to go to Mal uh, in Out of Gas because uh, he was hypoxic. He was shot a uh, few pints of blood short. And pump full of adrenaline. That's gotta. That's gotta fuck with your head. Nice. I mean, I guess. <laughs> you guess that works. I don't know. Does adrenaline really fuck with your head, though? Have you never had an adrenaline rush? Um. Hmm. Well, a rush or a shot? Well, I, I like right to the heart. If you get an adrenaline, if you get an adrenaline shot to your heart, you're gonna have an adrenaline rush. That's the whole point. Yeah, okay. I suppose then no, I haven't. Have you? Well, I mean, you can get an adrenaline rush through other methods than getting a shot straight to your heart. That's what adrenaline well, junk is. Well, yeah, but I'm guessing that the, the adrenaline shot through your heart and the rush that comes after is a little bit stronger than the rush probably. that you get normal. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it's pure adrenaline, you know, it's unfiltered. As opposed to the filtered adrenaline that <laughs> your adrenal glands adrenaline. <laughs> push out. I don't <laughs> I don't remember a filter being on yeah. Well, well, I mean, but that's what I'm getting at is, you know, they, they made this, they, they made the comment of, oh, it's a shot of pure adrenaline. Well, uh, okay. We get pure adrenaline or we get adrenaline. I mean, what, what's the difference? I guess there's no saline in it to dilute it or I don't know. <laughs> I, there's I, no I, other medications or, or hormones in there. No other I steroids. Guess. What's the, it's what's distilled. The they distill. Yes. It. It's, it's concentrate. Concentrate. It's all, yeah. yeah. Adrenaline concentrate. You, you drink it with <laughs> breakfast and yeah. yeah, you can get it with pulp or without. Pulp. Yes. <laughs> I do not want the pulp. No, I like a little pulp. I want a little pulpy. You like, you like that? You got like a little chew with your adrenaline. Sticks. I do. Stick, <laughs> no. Sticks to the sticks to the blood vessels. A little bit better. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts before we're out of here? No, sir. Yeah. No, I'm trying not to think at this point. Yeah, me too. Uh, we we've gone with uh, 
adrenaline with pulp and no pulp. So I think uh, <laughs> I think we're pretty much done here. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Our pod crawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at eargluemedia.com forward slash Discord on Twitter at status underscore podcast or email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com. Be sure to check out all of our excellent podcasts at eargluemedia.com. Uh, I'm on there on BGA. Uh, James has, has stepped back and it's been a, a wonderful experience since we're in the future now. Um, we're, we're, we're like... Uh, Welcome <laughs> to the future. It's uh, it's it's so wonderful. Joe and I just have basically a love fest every episode now, um, and, it, it's, wow. and, it, and it drives James nuts. So, uh, so definitely check that out. And of course, this goes without saying, but the poorly thought out and sometimes, well, all the times, questionable opinions expressed on this show are ours and might not be shared by Ear Glue Media uh, or anybody with a working brain. I'm Jason. Uh, my pupils are fixed and dilapidated. <laughs> Dear Google, how do I get rainbows to shoot out of my dick? <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>